Hey, sucker. You're listening to the Tennis Podcast and... Wow. You must... Wow. You're an idiot. <laughs> Why? <laughs> my name is Nick Mel. I'm the host of the Tennis Podcast. I'm joined here by my sidekick host... Brandon. Brandon. And yeah, this is the Tennis Podcast where every week we guess one another's top tennis lists. Yes. And I want to tell you that it is a chilly, rainy, stormy night here in uh, Oklahoma. I'm sick of it. If you're ready for an escape... Why don't you hop into a time machine shaped like uh-huh. a DeLorean mm. and let me take you back to the 80s. Is this a hint about the list or is this some other weird thing? No. Okay. No. <laughs> Top 80s TV shows. Top 80s TV shows. Oh, man. You weren't alive in the 80s. I was alive for a few months of the 80s. By the skin of your teeth. What is this based on? Nielsen ratings. Neil. Oh, so... Literally like the top as in viewers. Yes, viewers. I don't have the exact numbers because I don't and also I don't think that the numbers themselves would be that interesting. But I have not just the top 10, but the top 50 shows of the 80s. Okay. So, but is this based on total viewership over the course of a season? Like what do you know? It's based on total ratings during the span of that show in the 80s. Okay. And Nielsen for the folks, for the folks at home is the authority on TV viewership data. It's a little nerdy guy named Nielsen who goes yeah. to everybody's house and peeks in the window to see what they're watching. He writes it down in his notebook. And no, no, no. The... We're, not talking about, we're not talking about you. We're talking about the company Nielsen that to this day is the authority on TV viewership. They're the ones who supply all the TV stations and TV networks with their ratings so that the TV networks can then sell to advertisers. <laughs> so that the president knows how to feel about himself. Yeah. No, you took the words right out of my mouth. Okay. Well, this this should be fun. I I bet I can knock off a few of the top 10 pretty easily. Well. But I also bet you fucking suck. So. (laughs) Okay. Well, start knocking them off. So, I think I know number one. I'm going to save it because I'm not going to brand in this list. I 100% bet you, you do not know number one. Okay. Fine. All right. Fine. Jesus. It's not so... Stop taking it so serious, Brandon. Where's... Show me different strokes. Different Strokes is not in the top 50. Okay. List is horseshit. Let's just stop here. Let's change lists right now. Change the list. I don't know. I want a new list. It's not in here. The top 50? It's not. I don't know how. What you talking about, Willis? That's Different Strokes, right? Let's see when it ran. It's not different. It's different <laughs> strokes. Remember, there's like some kind of uh, apostrophe in there. Different. Different Strokes. <laughs> It Stop went it. from 78 to 85, but I think, oh, okay. I mean, if their ratings were shit in the 80s, then, then they wouldn't scratch this top 50. Maybe their peak was the 70s. Okay. The Jeffersons. The Jeffersons is number 14. Knew it. But that doesn't help me. It doesn't help you at all. What's like the catchphrase in the Jeffersons? I don't know. It was George and Wheezy. They were moving <laughs> There's on There's a guy up. named Wheezy? No, his wife was Wheezy. What? His wife was named Wheezy? Yes. Like, I don't her know. birth name is Wheezy? <laughs> You're asking me like I made it. I don't... No, I don't know what her birth name was. I just... You were a full-grown, matured, uh, well, well-nourished adult in the 80s. You don't remember? No, I never watched... I, in fact, I went through this list and I made notations by the shows that I had seen at least one episode of and then a different notation by those that I had seen multiple episodes. Out of the top 50, 26 of them, I've seen at least one episode and 16 of them, I would call myself familiar with. 
Wait a minute. I wonder if I wonder if Different Strokes wasn't in there because it didn't start in the 80s. Maybe it didn't count on the list. No, some of these started before the 80s. Okay. Well, it, I know the Cosby Show began in the 80s. It did. And it is number... Wait, no, no. It's number seven. It's not number seven. It's number three. See, I thought it's heyday was like in the early 90s. No, you were wrong. All right, number three. It was waning in the early 90s. The Cosby Show is a sitcom television series co-created by and starring Bill Cosby. America's father. America's father sweetheart, which aired for eight seasons on NBC from September 1984 until April 1992. The show focuses on an upper middle class African-American family living in Brooklyn, New York. Are they upper middle class? I guess I never noticed that. Yeah, he... It's a big house, I guess. He was a doctor and Claire, I can't remember what Claire, I think Claire was an attorney. So, yeah, they were pretty, they did pretty well. Think about it. It's the Cosby show. They discovered Bill Cosby as a comedian and said, hey, let's give you your own sitcom, right? Why did they decide to make him a doctor? He... (laughs) Doesn't that seem so random? They originally, uh, I know the answer from my research. Originally, they wanted it to be a show about... Butts? The working class family. Working class butts. But Bill Cosby thought it would be interesting and it may be important for Americans to see an upper middle class African-American family that like had, you know, through education and hard work had achieved the American dream. And also notable about the Cosby show, race was not like an over, race in their class was not an overlying like theme throughout the series. It's something that came up time to time, but most episodes are about normal family antics. Yeah, you're right. Because... Look, I don't mean anything when I say this. I'm just oh boy. stating an observation. I'm, but my I finger's think, on the hot button right now. I think a lot of sitcoms that star like a primarily black cast tend to lean on that sort of, you know, right. Every, humor. Yeah, jokes a lot of about that. The situation in the situation comedy is sort of yeah. emphasized over the comedy. Yeah. And, you know, I never thought about it until you just said it, but you're right because I've watched a fair amount of The Cosby Show and it really is, so it's, 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 it's just a non-issue. It's a family that's funny and has like family issues. Bill Cosby has always cared a lot seemingly about the portrayal and the perception of African Americans in America, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he shouldn't have raped a bunch of people and <laughs> it really, he, be lost, even better. he lost the moral high ground <laughs> when he sexually assaulted many, many women. A lot of women over a long time. The Cosby Show was a number one show for five seasons. Damn, it started in what, 85? 84 to 92. Okay, so five out of those eight years. For five, of eight, five out of eight seasons, they were the number one show. And it's still only number three on this list. Really interesting to know. Well, I'll be the judge of that. Now, this is interesting. It was the number one show for five seasons. Eight total seasons aired. After Bill Cosby was convicted for sexual assault, TV Land, Aspire, uh, BET's Centric, Bounce TV all stopped airing reruns of The Cosby Show. There is only one network, English or North American network, TV One, still airs The Cosby Show in America. It is crazy. I mean, because generations going forward will not really grasp the impact the show had because it's going to be almost like swept under the rug. When yeah, they're going to get the fox and, wait, is it the fox and, not the fox and hound, the uh, 
the Song of the South treatment from uh, Disney, right? Oh, yeah. What was that again? Song of the South was the like, this is just a really racist cartoon. It's the, it had the song Zippity Doo Dah, but then it was like, I don't know. It was, it was, it was racist. Okay. Anything else on the Cosby show? There's plenty. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I guess there's plenty if you weren't familiar with it. Fortunately, you are. So, I don't have to... Uh... Well, the listeners might not be. Okay. So, if you're not familiar, Bill Cosby plays Heathcliff Huxtable. He's a doctor. Did he deliver babies? Was that his job? Was he an OBGYN? Can't remember. Yeah, he might have been. And his wife, Claire Huxtable. And I'm fairly certain Claire was an attorney. They had four daughters and one son. Damn. But <laughs> I guess I forgot how many damn daughters they had. Yeah, well, uh, Sandra, the oldest, was like away at college immediately. And that was one of Cosby's decisions as well. He wanted to show from the outset that this was a successful parenting couple. They already had one child off in college. Yeah. There was Denise, Theo, and then Vanessa, and little Rudy. Yeah, yeah. Did you also remember... <laughs> This is why this is the last bullet point I have. So I guess this is how I'm going to wrap up the Cosby mm-hmm. show. Do it. Uh, do you remember like Bill Cosby's son's Ennis got murdered? No. Did you know that on the show or in, in real, life? real life? Oh, you know, I think I did. Yeah, he did get murdered. His son. I didn't know the nature of his murder, and Remind I guess us. his son Ennis was murdered on January sixteenth, nineteen ninety-seven, while changing a flat tire on the side of. I f- of the 405 in Los Angeles. Like hit by a car? Well, it says murdered, which uh, to me implies that someone was going to like rob him or carjack him or something like that and murdered him. Not to drastically change the subject, but do you rem- we did an episode here on this show. At some point we were talking about the Cosby show mm-hmm. and you told me that Bill Cosby, the, the Cosby show finale was airing opposite like the LA riots, remember? Oh. Bill Cosby had done like an interview saying, let's all just, instead of focusing on this negativity, you sit around the couch and you watch the Cosby show. (laughs) Remember that? I don't remember that, but. That was my very bad Bill Cosby impersonation. (laughs) I wish he could have just not done all the raping and we could have had like, oh, sweet old blind Bill now. Is he blind? Yeah, I, that was one of the things I read since like 2015, his lawyers say he's been legally blind. Damn. Well, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Yeah. So, that's the Cosby show, number okay. three. Number three. I think MASH might have ended in like 82 or three or something like that. So, MASH is number 17 okay. on the list. What year did it end? I would have to look it up. Okay. But I think it was in Great the, job. I, yep. Great job. No, I, re- I really appreciate hashtag Brandon's bullet. I didn't get that far into number 17 on the list. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Number two. Is number four mm. on the list. It's a multiple of two. <laughs> yes. Uh, just as half of the numbers out there are. Cheers is what I thought number one would be until you went on and on about how I would never guess number one. How stupid of a guess that, that was. Cheers. It's an American sitcom television series that ran on NBC. Are you sure it's American? WNBC. I thought it was Taiwan. September 82 to May 93. Uh, It was set in a bar named Cheers Mm. in Boston, Massachusetts, where a a group of locals would meet to drink, relax, and socialize. Yeah. Do you love the theme song from Cheers? 
Sometimes you gotta go where everybody knows your name. Does it? Do you? And they're always glad you came. You kind of. I mean, when you hear at least the first time you hear it, if you haven't heard it in a while, the first time you hear that song, aren't you like, ah, I kind of like that? <laughs> no, of course. I I have nothing but love and respect for the Cheers theme song. Yeah. Well, Rolling Stone and TV Guide agree with you. They named Where Everybody Knows Your Name the best TV theme, TV theme song of all time. Better than... I mean, I, I totally followed what you were doing with your <laughs> mouth instrument there. I've done a lot of singing on this show. Hey, we still need you to sing Santa Baby. Remember? I'm not going to do that. From a but, few episodes ago. But I will tell you, I was prepared and I still am prepared on this episode mm-hmm. that if you have trouble guessing, one type of clue I might give you is to perform the theme song. Perform what on me? Perform an act of theme song upon you. Oh, upon me. Okay. Yeah. So, about Cheers, it had Ted Danson in it. Do you like him? I want the Ted Danson plane. This isn't the plane Ted Danson was on. <laughs> you do like Ted Danson because sure, you like, I like Curb Your Enthusiasm. I actually, this is my mm. great shame in life. You don't like Curb Your Enthusiasm? No, I, I just haven't seen a ton of it. In oh, fact, is it because it's on HBO and you have to pay for it? All I've seen is the Seinfeld reunion episode. But I like Ted Danson. You know, I actually prefer, my favorite Ted Danson is the Becker. Do you remember Becker? <laughs> Be- Be- I've, I'm familiar with Becker. Becker is an unsung... You're a big Becker fan? Well, I did watch, I probably watched at least half of the episodes of Becker. <laughs> And just, I don't know why I just imagined you in a Becker t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I don't even know they made those. Yeah, Becker. You know. Yeah, I had a special order. It. <laughs> actress and Becker who, can't remember her name in the show or the actress's name, but she's like the young assistant. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. She's a, She acts like she's a little bit spacey. Yes. She's cute and kind of goofy. Well, you said it. But she is. Shawnee Smith. Yes, that's it. She's one of the main characters in the Saw franchise as well. Oh, she is? Yeah, she's... Um, yeah, she is in Saw. Yeah, she's, You're right. she's a major character. She plays character. Amanda Young in Saw. Yeah, Amanda. Yeah, let me tell you some more about Cheers. Are you ready? So, you're familiar with Cheers, right? Sure, uh, I've seen Ted- plenty of Cheers. Sam Malone. Sam Malone uh, is the bartender uh, who doesn't drink. D- did he have a drinking problem? He, in the start of the show, he's a recovering alcoholic. Okay. Okay. This is coming back to me now. Yeah. And they tackled social issues like alcoholism, homosexuality, adultery, social class, feminism. feminism. Homosexuality? Who, when was that? Oh, I read about it. It was in an early episode. Some guys came to the bar and they were gay and some of the other patrons at the bar were pressuring Sam saying that they, you know, they didn't want the bar to become a gay bar. And I guess like he admonished them. Did he? Okay, that's good. Yeah, like over the course, yeah, over the course of the episode, you know, I'm sure like the sort of the culmination in the last four minutes is him saying like, you know, taking a stand. Yeah, yeah. So, the owner of the real bar, I didn't know this, he allowed them to use shots of the exterior of his bar for only one dollar. Uh, but then he's made millions since then from licensing his pub's image and then what? selling... Ch- huh? Okay. No, I get it that he's made a ton of money since then. But in the beginning, 
they someone knocks on your door or mm-hmm. goes to your bar says hey we want to use shots of your bar and he said one dollar I'll, I'll give you a dollar <laughs> no but he it's i mean doesn't oh, it sound like explain that to me explain it i mean it's just the guy who's really bad at negotiating <laughs> i'll take a dollar I mean, surely he could have got a lot of money right there. Oh, damn it. Oh, I should have said 10,000 of them. <laughs> Even 10,000 seems kind of low. Isn't it funny that, you know, I don't know about how most people, especially people that were kids. So, mm-hmm. I, I'm a kid of the 90s, right? Yeah. So, all this shit was in reruns by the time I saw it. But I watched a lot. of I watched Cheers. I watched Cosby Show. That's how I discovered huh. Seinfeld, the Drew Carey Show. Plenty of shows like that, adult shows that I would watch starting at like age eight or nine. And, you know, part of it is just flipping through channels. Part of it is like it's on in the room when your parents are watching it. And so you become, and like that just doesn't exist anymore, I think. Because who's flipping through channels anymore? Nobody. I just paid, I just paid the cable bill today. Ooh, big mistake. We still have cable at my house. I don't really watch it. I only watch it for sports and even then, like, not very much. And Skinamax, am I right? Including cable and the internet. It was almost $200. That's okay. It's not okay. It's very not okay. We're making a couple mil from this podcast per episode. Yeah, please join our Patreon <laughs> yeah. so I can afford to uh, continue recording Real Housewives. Yeah, that's patreon.com slash pod. by the way. Keep my wife in Real Housewives. DVRs. Yeah, if that's not a priority of you, the listener, in your life, to do that for Brandon's wife, then what are you even doing? Like, what? what is this all for? All right, we got two down. <laughs> so, let me see. Three's Company. Number Three's Company six. is number 18 on the list. Three's Company is another one I watched a lot of. Yeah, I did too. It came on right before Inspector Gadget. Now, that is unforgivable, That that part of the sentence. What, that I was watched Inspector Gadget when yes. I was five years old? Yes. Yeah, okay. The, wait, the cartoon? Yeah, the cartoon. The original Three's cartoon. Company was on before the cartoon Inspector Gadget? Yeah, it was in syndication already. It used to come on at like 3.30 or something in the afternoon. So, are you team Chrissy or team, oh, what was the other blonde? Susan? Suzanne? Remember there was two blondes that lived there? Yeah. Chrissy was one because Janet was always there. Yeah, Janet, Chrissy. We're talking about who's the one later? Oh, Cindy, Terry, whatever. Uh, Terry sounds Yeah, right. I liked Chrissy. Chrissy's the, the most famous one. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I liked uh, Mr. Furley. Remember Mr. Roper, the Ropers? God, mm-hmm. what a hell of a show. Uh, oh, my God. I'm, I'm on Wikipedia and it's describing each cast member. And the mm-hmm. lady who plays Mrs. Roper... The description of her is Stanley's sex-starved wife. <laughs> That's a quote. Yeah. It's not, it's not wrong. I preferred Mr. Furley. Yeah, I think Furley came later. He was thirsty. That's what the kids say instead of horny. Yeah, no, I, I got you. Thirsty sounds a little nicer. A little more sensual, perhaps. Okay, so not Three's Company. Good show. You're more familiar with these than I thought you would be, so this is, go- this is going well. Sanford and Son? No. Family Matters. No, 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 not Family Matters. Um, Ooh, you're doing good. What's the one where they're singing at the damn piano at the beginning? I can never... Oh, you're thinking of um, All in the Family. All in the Family. That's not in the top 10? No, I think it was primarily in the 70s, 
but there was a spinoff called Archie Bunker's Place that is 37th on the list. Okay, so, God, I must be missing something big here. Yeah, you're missing a lot big. You said family matters. Yeah. You're one word off. Family. What would we do, baby, without us? Sha-la-la-la. That was their song. Sha-la-la-la. No, I, I know. This is sounding vaguely familiar, but I cannot think of it. Stars, Michael J. Fox. Oh, yeah, I know the show. Family. <sighs> I, I didn't watch it, but I know, I know of it. Family Ties. Family Ties. Family is Ties number, 10. Is number 10. Look, I fucking knew it. I'm an 80s television show you, expert. It's like when my kid is standing right in front of me and then he quickly runs and hides behind something. And I'm like, hey, you're behind that chair. And he'll go, how'd you see me? <laughs> right. It is number 10. It's an American sitcom TV series that aired on ABC for seven seasons. It started in September 1982 and it concluded May of 1989. Did you, so you didn't watch any of it? No, I never watched an episode. Okay, so it was meant to reflect the move in the United States from the cultural liberalism of the 60s and 70s Fucking with hippies pigs. flopping their titties around and showing their hairy pits uh-huh. to the conservatism of the 1980s. So, they had young Republican Alex P. Keaton portrayed by Michael J. Fox and his parents were ex-hippies and but it was set in suburban Columbus, Ohio. Does this become interesting at any point? I was telling you what the show, you didn't know what the show was about. Yeah, That's no. what the show is about. And he had, uh, Alex P. Keaton had some sisters, his gossipy fashion conscious sister Mallory and his younger tomboy sister Jennifer. Now, I found this very interesting. The cast originally wanted the show to end with the entire Keaton family dying in a plane crash. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. No. Yes. Because they didn't want to do a reunion show in the future. Because they all hated the show so much or because No, they, they were just done. I guess you don't have to die in a plane crash to not do the reunion show. No. But I also really respect the decision to be like, let's, let, let's just end with the plane crash. That'd be fucked up, right? The show wasn't like dark, was it? That would no, have been very out of... <laughs> I know. That's why it's so fun. Fun is a good word for everyone dying in a plane crash. Yeah. So, that's family ties. Hey, you know what show? It's probably not in the top 10, but it's a show I watched a lot of and I, it might have started in like 88 or 89. Hmm. <clears throat> the Nanny. Fran Dresser. I think the nanny started in the 90s, but I watched some nanny. Yeah, I fucking bet you did. She was funny. I fucking she bet is funny. you did. Holy shit. Wow. But you just said you did. God damn, everyone. Watch out. Creeper alert over here. Jesus. It started in 93. No. Okay, well. That's it. Nope. Okay, so. Again, you're very bad at like accepting facts. Call me Republican. <laughs> oh. Ah, ah, am I right? Okay, let me get to, down to brass tacks here. What does that mean? Are you... I'm thinking. Oh. What's that show with Alf? <laughs> it's called Alf. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet that's in the top 50, but not the top 10. Yeah, you're right. It's number 39. <laughs> What's that show with Alf? <laughs> All right, give me a hint. <laughs> okay, let's see. Well, wait, was Seinfeld count? Because it started in 89. No, it's not on here. It hadn't reached its 
peak okay. in 89 in order to count for a top right, show of the right. 80s. So, give me a hint. Well, do you want me to tell you numbers 50 through 11? If you can do it fast. And I'm not going to tell you the numbers. I'm just going to start with 50 and head down until I get to 20 and then I'll tell you the You're numbers. You're going to head down. Yeah. I'm heading down south. Yeah. Here we go. Starting at 50. House Calls, Highway to Heaven, In the Heat of the Night, Heart to Heart, The ABC Sunday Movie, Dear John. The ABC the N- Sunday Movie, I call bullshit on that. Dear John, NBC Monday Movie, The Fall Guy, Unsolved Mysteries, Amen, whatever that is, Trapper John MD, Alf, Too Close for Comfort, Archie Bunker's Place, Moonlighting, ABC Monday Movie, CBS Sunday Movie, Nope. Empty Nest, Hotel, The Wonder Years, Alice, Wonder Years, how could I forget? The One Day at a Time, Matlock, Dukes of Hazard, Kate and Alley, Knott's Landing, Roseanne, Newhart, The A-Team, Number 20, Simon and Simon, 19, The Love Boat, 18, Three's Company, 17, Mash, 16, Growing Pains, 15, Night Court, 14, The Jeffersons, 13, A Different World, 12, Falcon Crest, 11, Magnum P.I. Falcon Crest? The hell is that? It was a primetime soap. Is this like the Mandela effect? Because that show didn't exist in my timeline. Maybe not. It existed in this one. It's a boring, like, I never watched it. I just know from the, like, previews. And What's f- the name come from? I have no idea. I think there was a falcon in the intro, though. Well, I'm at a loss here because I only got three of the top ten. Mm-hmm. Let's get down to some hints. All right. One of these shows is not scripted, or at least mostly not scripted. It is a sports broadcast. Sports Center? No. Like, literally, like, the NFL and stuff? Is there a particular day of the week that is important? See, now, if I had known that shit counted. What? Okay. Like, sport. I, like, I took this to be, like, all sitcoms and scripted shows. Monday Night Football. Yeah, Monday Night Football. Okay. That, that's number one. No, Monday Night Football is number seven. Really? Monday Night Football is number seven on the list. And I was prepared with a theme song, fortunately. Go. You didn't need it. Do it. Can't. Is the theme song Santa Baby by chance? We got it. You know what would really get me in the mood for football? What? Do you know the name of that song? Football shit. Called Heavy Action. No, it's not. Okay, if you fucking say that again after any one of these facts, I'm done. It's called heavy action. Okay, says who? Says you? Everybody. No. It's on Spotify. Holy shit, you have that on Spotify? I didn't upload it to Spotify. No, but you saved it to your list? No, when I was looking up the research earlier, it said the theme song's name, which I recalled was heavy action. I said, I wonder if I typed it into Spotify. If it would be there. And sure enough. Okay. But instead of that song, mm-hmm. allegedly called, quote, heavy action, <laughs> right? Um, instead of that song, if you saw all these football players running into each other, giving each other concussions, throwing the ball, all that, and you really wanted to get me amped up to play football, the song should be Brandon Psychicos of the Tennis Podcast from the future singing Santa Baby. Mm-mm. Monday Night Football is a live television broadcast of a weekly NFL games. I thought it was soccer. From 1970 
to 2005, it was on ABC. Since then, it's been on ESPN. And did you know that the news of John Lennon being assassinated was broke to most of the nation December 8th, 1980 by Howard Cassell on Monday Night Football? Was he one of the announcers on the game? Howard Cassell was a Monday Night Football announcer through the 70s and 80s. If you say so. But but did he just say it in passing like during a play? (laughs) Hey, did you guys hear fucking Lennon died? No, he, <laughs> yeah. announced, he announced to the world like a this just in, breaking news. But was there football action, was there heavy action taking place on the field while he said it? Yeah. Damn. They kept their heavy action up. They didn't hear about it, I guess, till yeah. later. <sighs> it's a shame. So, at the same time, around the same time Howard Cosell was hosting in the 80s. I'm surprised one of that football so low. There's another famous person hosting, someone else I know you're very interested in, you're a big fo- fan and follower of. He is a Hall of Fame running back. He is a movie star. He is the spoke, was OJ? a former, former spokesperson for Hertz Rent-A-Car. Yeah. Yeah, OJ. Superstar OJ Simpson. What about him? He also hosted in the 80s. I hosted what? Monday Night Football. Oh. When was his like heyday, the 70s when he actually played? Late 70s, yeah. And then... He killed people. He allegedly. says, "Yeah, allegedly." Thank you, he, but he definitely did it. You don't watch football. I don't watch foosball. You know nothing about it. Why did we have to name it the same name as a very popular sport in another country? That's a different sport. Why would we do that? And we don't even really play it with our foot very much. There's only one guy that's using his foot. It had to be a flex move on America's part, right? <laughs> you think you got a football? <laughs> Look at this shit. Yeah. Because it'd be one thing if football in Europe and every, you know, pretty much every other country besides America, mm-hmm. if football was like some little known fringe sport. And they're like, oh my God, I can't believe yours is also football. This is funny. This is, this is funny. One of us is going to have to change the name, isn't it? <laughs> <sighs> well, God bless America. So, there you go. Monday Night Football number seven. Are there any other sports in the top ten? There are no other sports. Now, let me tell you, of the shows remaining, all of the rest of them are scripted, as in they are a, either a comedy or a drama, except for one. Is there a game show? There is no game show. There is one news magazine, a primetime news magazine a on news the, magazine. the top 10 as well. Do you know what a news magazine show is? No. They might have three or four or five like short segments. It's meant to mimic, it was me- originally meant to mimic the idea of like a magazine where you read a few short articles, and this is a few short, in-depth Okay, I don't know the show. Okay, it's a competitor to 2020. I'll play you the theme song. Are you ready? Yeah, is it Santa Baby? No. Ready, here it is. Yeah, it's something with time. What is that fucking show? Everyone's yelling at me right now. Oh, my tongue's getting dry. 60 60 minutes. minutes. 60 minutes. Right? Yes. I got it. 60 minutes. I knew it. Guess where it is on the list. Five. One. No way. You dumb bitch. (laughs) 60 minutes. It's an American news magazine and television program broadcast on the CBS television network. It's still airing. It debuted in 1968. God. Is that the longest running show still airing? 
I don't know, it's 50, what is that going to be, 52 years? You ask me, do I remember? Do you remember when it first came out? What was the hubbub like in the town square? I wasn't watching. It was mm. back when the hippies oh, were okay. flapping their bare titties around and shaking their armpit hair. You really got something against the hippies today. This is your second time to <laughs> no, go off they, on every them. Every time that they mentioned, I, so I read the whole wiki article about family ties and I read the whole IMDB article and hippies, 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 hippies kept coming up over and over. They kept wanting to drive home how the parents were ex-hippies. I'm like, are they just trying to make you think about them like with unkempt hair everywhere, like out in a field somewhere covered with mud, like in a LSD laced orgy? You know, I was re- I'm reading 112263 by Stephen King again because it's part of the Tennis Pod book club. Mm-hmm. There's a scene in there where he sees someone and he, um, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it's something like he was going to mention hippie to the people he's with. But then he stopped himself and remembered the word hippie hadn't even been invented yet. They don't know what the fuck a hippie is. Yeah, because it's 1958, I think. He should have said beatnik. Yeah, beatnik. Yeah, right. See, I could have gone back in time. Yeah. By the way, some people have been asking about the book club. If you haven't wrapped up 112263 by Stephen King, do it soon. We're going to be recording our discussion episode probably in the next two to three weeks-ish. And be looking out for some posts on our Facebook at facebook.com slash tennispod. That is where we're going to be asking questions and then reading your answers on our episode. So, there you go. Good deal, everybody. Now, let me tell you about 60 Minutes some more. Can't wait. It was ranked number six on TV Guide's 50 Greatest TV Shows of All Time. Yeah. And then there was a big two-page spread ad for 60 Minutes in the middle of the... Uh-huh. <laughs> the idea, the format was to make the hosts the reporters, and it always features stories that were of national importance but focused on the individuals involved with them or the ones in conflict with those issues. And also included fucking Andy Rooney, who I did not enjoy. Wow, hot take. He was supposed to be lighthearted and humorous. He sometimes led to complaints from viewers because he was a crotchety old man and also kind of a dweeb. (laughs) Dweeb, wow, God. Really roasting Andy Rooney today. Well, he's dead. Oh, so. shit. We okay. can't speak ill of the dead, Brandon. You sure? Why not? We what don't are they do, do that about here it? on the Tennis Podcast. We are oh. a classy, quality, mm. family-friendly, scripted series. Now, let me, let me take you down to the depths of hell with this next bullet point, about 60 minutes. Okay. It's a government propaganda tool. Oh. On December 15th, 2013... 60 Minutes aired a report on the National Security Agency that was widely criticized. Clitorized. It was clitorized. I don't know how they did that, but it was hot. It was widely criticized as as false and a puff piece. The story was reported by John Miller, who once worked in the office of the Director of National Intelligence. So, 60 Minutes is running feel-good puff piece shit on the NSA. It was put together by someone who used to work for national intelligence. Well, is anyone surprised? I mean, come on. No, I'm not surprised. It's also a hotbed of sexual harassment. Wow. Now, that I want to hear more about. The producer who started it and another, his name is Don Hewitt and another producer named Jeff Fager, I hope that's how you say it, and also the head of CBS News, Les Moonves, 
they all had to resign because they were sexually harassing the shit out of people. Well, I got news for you. The guy who was born Les Moonves, he was a fucking lost cause from the start with that name. He was a tool. There were some spinoffs of 60 Minutes. Mm -hmm. Listen to how stupid these are. 30 Minutes. Yeah, naturally. 60 Minutes More. See, now that's clever. 60 Minutes 2. Nope. 60 Minutes on CNBC and 60 Minutes Sports. 60 Minutes More. That's kind of cute. Sixty, 30 minutes. When we get through this top 10 here, we should look at how many networks, like what's the winning network here? Well, let's see. 60 minutes is... Minutes CBS. Is CBS, Dallas. Well, oh, shit. Dallas is number two. <laughs> God damn it. That's why I did say let's do this at the end. You son of a bitch. I thought Dallas ended before the 80s. You fucking tricked me. No, Dallas was... <laughs> <laughs> I tricked you. This was all yeah, part of you the plan. Me. Well, let's move on and talk about Dallas. I was out of 60 minutes notes. Yep. Okay, so you're correct. Dallas is number two. I knew it. I had that theme song in my hip pocket, but it's a really high one and it's, it's hard. So, Dallas. No, Dallas Stewart, started, not, we're stopping the show. You're going to sing. You said you knew it. I do. It doesn't mean I have to sing. I know a lot of songs. I don't do have to fucking sing all of them. it now. Hold on, let me think how it starts. God damn it. I keep getting the Family Matters theme song trying to come up instead. Get out of my head, fucking Urkel. We can take that one too if you want. Okay, that's all I'm doing. Hey, I just that was wanna... a really, really fucking good interpretation of it. I did all kinds of different instruments and arrangements in there. <sighs> I just got to take a moment to apologize to our listeners for encouraging that to happen. I regret it thoroughly. Well, stop fucking asking or I'll keep doing it. I just want Santa baby. All right, go ahead. I'm never doing that. It came Dallas. Came at us in 1970, I'm sorry, 1978, and it left us in 1991. Really? God damn, 1991. When I was a kid, on Friday nights, we would go over to my grandparents' house. Their house was always way too hot, so it would be about like 80 degrees in there. Old person house 101. Yeah, old person, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, this house doesn't, we don't, it doesn't go below 78. So, it'd sit there in the hot watch Dallas. So, I watched a lot of Dallas as a kid. Really absorbed this shit. I've never seen it. You didn't miss much. Okay. So, it was a primetime soap opera on CBS. It revolves around a wealthy and feuding Texas family called the Ewings who mm -hmm. own the independent oil company Ewing Oil and the cattle ranching land of South Fork. The most fun stuff involves around J.R. Ewing. Do you know who that guy is? I mean, I couldn't pick him out of a police lineup, but I know God the damn. name. I know the name. I know the whole yeah. like who shot JR thing. Greedy JR's schemes and dirty business were the most interesting part of the show. Now, the show's also famous. You're right. Who shot JR? They're famous for their cliffhangers. Picked out a few of my favorite cliffhangers I'd like to tell you about. Can't wait. In season three is when who shot JR came around. So, that it was in 1980. I have a question though. Mm -hmm. The show went to 91. Does that mean that JR, JR, I think undisputedly 
JR has to be the most famous character from the show. I knew who he was yeah. and I'd never seen a minute of the show. Mm-hmm. Does that mean he ends in season three and he's gone for the rest of the series? No, he didn't die. Oh, what the, what the, who gives a shit who shot him then if he still lives? Well, it's a cliffhanger. You didn't even know if he was dead. You didn't yes. know if he was coming back and you didn't know who shot him. But trust me, when I start reading some of these cliffhangers, you're going to realize like all kinds of fucking crazy shit that <laughs> uh-huh. the Ewing family is up to and how it, getting shot doesn't ever mean you're going to die and probably being dead doesn't mean you're always going to be dead. Wait, are we talking about Star Wars again? Episode mm-hmm. 9? So, okay. season 3, JR has pissed off everybody in Texas. <laughs> He's the sidekick coast of the town. Everybody's mad at him. They're mad about his big hat. They're mad about his drinking. He's cheated on women. He's cheated men in business. Wow. He's pissed off his family mem- member. And there's a woman. Her name is Marilee Stone. Her husband committed suicide after a really shitty business deal. She's really mad at JR for that too. She's like blaming him for it. So after all this shit, somebody's waiting outside JR's office at Ewing Oil late at night. JR's chilling drinking. He's just wearing underwear and a cowboy hat, having a scotch. Are his hands in his pants? He was Can we see his off. hands? Yeah. He's jerking we? off. All right. He hears a noise, tucks his dick in his waistband. Jesus. He says, who is it? And he walks towards the door and somebody, kabam, bam, shoots him twice in the tummy. That's shooting him? Bam, bam. Kabam, bam. Okay. Now, Kristen was JR's scheming sister-in-law, right? Sure. She was his wife's sister. And his mistress. He used to fuck her too. Now, that's a lot of risque shit for a 70s show. This was in, this was in 80. Okay, so still. by then, you can have sex with your sister-in-law on TV, I guess. It was fine. She shot him in the stomach two times because she was angry at him. Oh, so she's the one who shot him. Yeah. That's what you found in season four. Kristen shot him. His wife, Sue Ellen's sister. Does he get her? He did not press charges. Kristen said she was pregnant with his child. And that's why he didn't press charges. Season 10. Let's skip forward. Seven seasons of the craziest shit you ever heard in your life has gone on with this family. And in season 10, the Ewings have suffered a devastating loss because Ewing Oil has been closed down by the U.S. Justice Department as punishment for JR's shady dealings that caused an international incident. Of course. Now, Pam Ewing, wife of Bobby, she's on her way home. She's on her way home to Bobby from the doctor's office. She just found out she can finally have a baby and she crashes into a fuel taker and it explodes. Oh, no. but she lives? Yeah. In season 11, she's, she's fine. She's just badly burned. <laughs> later on, <laughs> later on, she actually used this as an excuse to escape the Ewing family and her own family and even her fucking son. And she escaped to like, I think to Canada. And then they had a different actress play her and they said that she had gotten uh, plastic surgery to like change her face. You're fucking kidding me. I'm not kidding you. So now we're skipping to the last season, the final cliffhanger. Season 14, JR has finally lost control of Ewing Oil to his arch nemesis. He's lost control of South Fork Ranch to his brother Bobby. He's been abandoned by his wife and his children and he's drunk and his eyebrow hair is way too long. It sticks out all over the place. Yeah, I hate that. He's despondent and he starts walking around the ranch alone, drinking with a loaded gun, wishing he'd never been born. And this is kind of like a dark 
fat Texan version of (laughs) It's a Wonderful Life, right? Because then a spirit appears dressed in a white suit and he takes JR on a tour of what it would be like if he had never been born. And for some people, life was much shittier. For some people, life was much better. And it ends with some of these examples of how life would be better for people. And at the end, this white spirit starts walking away from JR. And JR is like, what are you doing going back to fucking heaven? And then the guy turns around and he's like, who said I'm from heaven? <laughs> and then... That's kind, of, no, that's kind of cute. I like that. He appears to JR again in, in a mirror right in front of him. And his eyes turn red and he's staring at JR in the mirror and he's going, do it! Do it! What, kill himself? Yes. God damn. Then Bobby, his brother Bobby, comes home. He's racing upstairs because he hears a gunshot. And the the flash shot is Bobby opening the door of the bedroom and going, oh my God. And the series ends. Oh, you're kidding. They never resolved that? They did resolve it. They had television movie, which I could not find any notes on, but I remember from the top of my own brain when it came out, we watched that TV movie at my grandparents' house. JR shot the mirror. Because of course he did. This show sounds like the biggest cock tease I've Didn't ever- Did it piss you off? There was one season that was completely like shat out because they said that it was all something that one of the characters dreamed. Uh, yeah. Wouldn't that piss- that would- You know how mad people get about TV shows now? They would burn somebody's house down. Dallas sounds like a dark ass show though. I might need to check it out. Uh, it's actually really boring now. Just a lot of talking, not, not enough boobs. Well, people are listening to us do nothing but talk right now. Okay, so you got mm, four left. SNL. No. That was a good guess though, right? Say it was a good guess. Sure, it was, t- it was a great guess. So, for the four left are all scripted? Yes. One of them, one hour drama mystery. Two of them are half hour comedy sitcom. And another one is an hour-long soap. The hour-long soap one, you're never going to guess and it's a really boring show. Should I just tell you? Yes. Days of Our Lives? Dynasty. You've never heard of it, have you? No. Dynasty is number eight on, this, on the list. Every time I look at the word dynasty, it looks like dynasty. <laughs> to you, because <laughs> that is not the case for me. That's what it means to me. <laughs> Die. Now listen about Dynasty. Okay. Uh, Dynasty is an American primetime TV soap opera that aired on ABC from 81 to 89. It was produced by Aaron Spelling. A revolt, he's dead, revolves around the Carringtons, a wealthy family residing in Denver, Colorado. This is the only thing in the whole article I found to be sort of interesting. Producer Douglas Kramer said, We walk a fine line just this side of camp. Careful calculations are made. We sense that while it might be wonderful for Crystal and Alexis to have a cat fight in a koi pond, it would be inappropriate for Joan to smack Linda with a koi fish. The hell am I listening to? Well, they know, they understand it would be hot and sexy for these two ladies to have a cat fight in, in a, koi pond? a koi pond. That's hot and sexy? Okay. Hot and sexy, smelling like fish poop, but it would be <laughs> too much. I did not expect that. If, say, Joan Collins picked up one of the fish and whacked Linda Evans across the face with it, that would be in poor taste. Now, Mm -hmm. we would be in a John Waters film. And that would be hot. Right. 
So that's all we want to know about Dynasty. Dynasty. It was a, it was a stupid show for old farts. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's number eight. It used to come on after Dallas. I remember after <laughs> Dallas would would end, Dynasty would start and I would feel so depressed at how stupid and boring it seemed. And I think we usually switched over to something else. Yeah, but isn't that... You had to switch the remote and just hope there was something else on because there was no DVR, there was no oh, internet. No. If you don't think my grandparents had taken detailed notes over the TV guide. <laughs> my next guess is Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries was number 42 on the list. No. Nope. Nope. So, let me tell you again, you have now two sitcoms. What sitcom am I missing? I've heard of these, right? Yes, most definitely. Would you like me to give you a theme song? Yes. Okay. But I want you... you to put your heart and soul into it now. I'll do what I can. Do I need to do the instrumental part Yes, too? absolutely. There's more to life than what you're living. You take a chance and face the wind. An open road and a road that's hidden. A brand new life around the bend. Nothing yet? No, I've, I've heard this. I'm trying to place it. I know you're just trying to get me to do more. I'm going to skip to the end. The nights are long, but you might awaken to a brand new life. Do, 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 do. Brand new life. Do, 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 do. Brand new life around the bend. Do, 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 do. No, I've heard this damn song. What is it from? Give me a hint. Who stars in it? It's where a lot of people got their crush on Alyssa Milano. I don't think I've seen it. Who's the boss? Who's the boss? I have seen that show. Why is that in the top 10? Why is it in the top 10? It was yeah. a really popular show. That's why. It's number nine on the list. Uh, I liked Who's the Boss a lot. I'm trying to figure out who could be the boss here. That's the one with it's Craig a, T. Nelson, right? No. Tony Danza. Oh, Tony Danza. Okay. What's Craig the one with Nelson. Craig T. Nelson? Coach? That's Coach. Yeah. Is that in the top yeah. 10? No. I think that is a 90s show. So, who's the boss? It aired on ABC from 84 to 92, starring Tony Danza as an Italian-American former baseball player who relocates to Fairfield, Connecticut to work as a live-in housekeeper for a divorced advertising executive, Because Angela. people do that. What? Former baseball oh, stars move in as housekeepers. Yeah, they needed some bullshit reason to get this family together. His daughter, Samantha, is played by Alyssa Milano. So, you watched the show, right? Do you remember? No, the... no, I didn't. I mean, didn't. I, I was because I was thinking it was Coach and I've seen a few okay. episodes of Coach. Uh, Catherine Helmond played Angela's mother, Mona. Mona? Now, let me tell you about the story so you know, who, story, so you know who's who here. So, Tony Maselli is who Tony Danza played. He had a daughter and a wife but his wife died and he hurt his shoulder and couldn't play baseball anymore and he was forced to retire. So, he wants to move out of Brooklyn, find a better place for his daughter to live and he takes this job in upscale, upscale Fairfield, Connecticut as a live-in housekeeper for a divorced advertising executive named Angela Bauer and her son, Jonathan. Angela's mom, Mona, also always around and Mona is Super horny for all kinds of guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From college aged up to silver haired CEOs. Her name being Mona is all I needed to know. Couple interesting things about her name. 
First of all, every time she would say something kind of dirty about a man, Tony would go, Mona. <laughs> so, it was syndicated and then, you know, it was broadcast in other languages. And in Italy, they had to change Mona to Moira. Why? And because in a Venetian dialect, some places around Italy, Mona means female genitals. So, just keep it. I, that's I, that's what I said. It worked for the character. They yeah. should have kept her name as Vagina. Vagina. <laughs> well, that, when you say it like that. <laughs> vagina. So, that's, uh, that's who's the boss. Okay. You got two left here. One's a comedy and the other's a drama. One is a, a half hour sitcom that you're definitely familiar with. And of all the sitcoms in the top 10, it's the one that I think is the funniest. You might be surprised that I think it's the funniest. Okay. So, I'm looking at a list of 80 shows. But we should talk about it last. Oh, okay. You want to do the drama first? Do the drama. Let's do the, it's a drama, a mystery drama. Murder, she wrote. You are right. See? I knew it. I was just stringing you along this whole time. That was good. That was a good guess. Murder, she wrote is number five. Now, I am actually fairly unfamiliar with Murder, She Wrote. It's one of the only shows in the top 10 I don't think I'd watched a full episode of. I'm guessing you haven't either. Nope. Well, it's an American crime drama TV series starring Angela Lansbury as a mystery writer and amateur detective Jessica Fletcher. Aired for 12 seasons, 84 to 96 on CBS. And then it was followed by four TV films. Did you know she's still alive, Angela Lansbury? Yeah, hell of an ass on her too. Yeah, it looks like uh, a wad of like old white chewing gum. <laughs> oh my god. It averaged more than 30 million viewers per week during its prime. Wow. Sometimes hitting above 40 million viewers or watching this old lady traipse around a New England town and solve a bullshit mystery. <sighs> telling you, it's the ass. It's a draw. Listen to the fucking formula of this show. So, Jessica Fletcher, she's a retired teacher turned author. She writes detective fiction under the name J.B. Fletcher. She constantly finds that her work and her personal life overlap. In every episode, she gets into a situation where someone is killed shortly after she arrives. She is usually forced to solve every mystery herself in the style of one of the characters from her book, as the police are always incapable of doing this without her help. And on at least one occasion, a law enforcement officer is actually unmasked as the killer. Now, hang on. Are you saying that every episode follows the same format? Yes. Kind of like a Scooby-Doo episode, In every right? episode, she arrives. She's either arriving to her home or she's arriving to whatever the place is. She sees some friends. She meets some people. She might find someone who, like, reveals that they have a grudge against someone who, you know, later ends up dead. Does she ever go to a furry convention? No, no. But like later, some things are laid out that are about like motive. And then about a third of the way through, someone gets dead. And the police, immediately, gets dead. police immediately arrest the most obvious suspect who says they're innocent. And then Jessica Fletcher goes about finding who the real killer is. And the police are like, God damn it, you did it again. She always proves to be more perceptive than the official investigators. Murder occurred with such regularity in her vicinity in this town she lived in called yeah. Cabot Cove that the term Cabot, 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 Cove, Cabot Cove Syndrome 
was coined to describe the constant appearance of dead bodies in remote locations. Now, if, someone needs to be looking at her though, it sounds like. If her town existed in real life, it would top the FBI's national crime statistics in numerous categories with some analysis suggesting that the homicide rate in Cabot Cove exceeds even that of the real-life murder capital of the world. <laughs> and it's just like they had to have murders keep happening around her to have the show keep going. She might be a harbinger of death, right? Yeah, if, and everywhere she goes, death follows, yeah. murder follows. I think she That's needs a, to be actually murdered. sounds like a way cooler show. Yeah. <laughs> Old lady that kills people. <sighs> now, you got one show left. If I do the theme song, you're going to get it immediately. So, I am looking at the 80s TV show list and there's some mm -hmm. big shows in here that we haven't talked about. Taxi? Mm-hmm. It's not Taxi. Taxi, okay. Happy Days is on here. I guess it... Is it Happy Days? No, Happy Days is more of a 70s show to me but no, it's not Happy Days. Oh, yeah. I think it even started in the 60s, right? Like late 60s? Mm-mm. It was like mid to late 70s. No, I'm right. Star Trek's not in the top 10, huh? Nope. The Facts of Life. You take the good, you take the bad, you mix them up, and then you have the facts of life. But the Dukes of the Hazard. It's not the Dukes of Hazard. The Dukes of Hazard was number twenty-six. Say by the bell. Not on here. Oh, Golden Girls. Golden Girls I is number six. Watched Golden Girls. Yes. I'm serious. Okay, I'm glad you did. Like I said before, this is the one. I think this is the funniest show in the top ten. It's because of the grandma, right, or the mom? It's because of all of them. It's yes. It's mostly because of Estelle Getty, who plays Sophia. That, that lady's gotta have been dead for like forty years now. <laughs> no. Well, you're gonna learn some shit. Oh, she was younger than. Yeah, I remember that now. Go ahead, though. You're learn some shit now. The only one of them that's still alive is Betty White. But every one of those ladies was really funny. So, Golden Girls, comedy drama TV series created by Susan Harris, originally aired NBC. September 85 to May 92. If you're listening you've never watched Golden Girls or you thought it was just a stupid show for old ladies or something, I feel really bad for you. You should go watch it. Well, I mean, when's the last time you watched it, Brandon? Honestly, it was probably within the last like month or two I've oh, watched. Because okay. I haven't seen it since I was like probably 12. So, I have no idea if it holds up anymore. There are. So, in the rare times that I do watch something on cable, I'll watch something on like TV Land or Laugh Network or something. And watch this old stuff. So, I'll watch Golden Girls. Yeah. Um, well, it's on Hulu if you want to watch it now. Ooh. Probably in high definition there. So, anyway. B. Arthur played Dorothy. Rue McClanahan played. So, B. Uh, Dorothy was kind of like. Dorothy was kind of like the most normal, I guess, or straight laced. Right. She was the straight man. Yeah. Uh, of the group. Rue McClanahan played Blanche, the Southern Belle and. Uh, the sex starved. Uh, yeah. She's horny as hell. How old was she supposed to be in the show? I think they're all supposed to be in their like... Early 60s? Early maybe? 60s, yeah. Okay. Betty White played Rose and she was kind of sweet but dumb. And then Estelle Getty played Dorothy's mother, Sophia. She kind of looked like Yoda. <laughs> she was not, really Not fun. quite as sexy as Yoda. Right. So, the show's about four older women who share friendship and a home in Miami, Florida. And you mentioned... I think you kind of backtracked on this and said you'd heard Estelle Getty was the same age or younger than the other actresses. Yes, if you watched that show and didn't know better, you would think that she was old. And I guess yeah, yeah. Estelle Getty was younger than B. Arthur, who played her daughter. She's the same age as Betty White. Uh, that makeup took three hours 
uh, every day to put on. I also learned that Estelle Getty had like paralyzing stage fright that actually got worse as the show went on. She would like freeze up and forget her lines because she was so terrified. The show was in front of a live audience. And Betty White said that you could see as the week progressed, like through rehearsals as they got to, I guess they taped on like a Friday, that you could like see a cloud coming over her through the week. Yeah, it's not a, it sounds really miserable for someone who, you know, you'd think you'd get used to it. So, one of my favorite uh, Golden Girls moments is when Burt Reynolds made a guest appearance. Did you ever see this? I don't remember this. Burt Reynolds uh, playing himself shows up, I think it was at the very end of the episode, to pick up Sophia for lunch, (laughs) which is funny in and of itself. And as they get ready to leave, she said, oh, he says, oh, are these the roommates you're telling me about? And she says, yeah. And he leans over and goes, which one's the slut? (laughs) (laughs) And, And then all three of the women raise their hands at the same time and say, I am. Oh, because they want they want to have a good old Bert, time with Bert. They want they want Bert's Reynolds. Is Bert Reynolds? He's dead. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you. In his prime. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to put him up against pretty much anyone for like most attractive dude ever, right? Yes, I am. A <laughs> have I never talked about how much I like love Bert Reynolds? I mean, well, we probably shouldn't get started on it, but okay. Let's put a pin on it, just say like I could do my own episode on Burt Reynolds. Okay. My last Golden Girls bullet point. Fucking weirdo. Listen to this about Betty White. Her TV career started in 1939, right? Sure. So, if she appears on TV in 2020, that's the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, 2020s. That's 10 decades her television career would have that spent. has to be a record i have to assume so was she a Isn't kid that? in her first appearance let's see how old she was in 1939 she's something pretty remarkable she was born in 22 so she would have been 16 seven, 17 16 or 17 when she started god she's 97 right now jesus isn't that fucking amazing she has a twitter account she was born in 1922 if she was a man if she was born a man she would have gone and fought in world war ii she would have been like right the prime age to go over and like fight in Europe. Yeah, but we didn't want to lose Brandon. Right. <laughs> That's how old she is. And now she has a Twitter. <laughs> that is fucking crazy. That is a hell of a life, man. Yeah, she just barely missed World War One. Look, so her last tweet, I think this fucking means something, man. Her last tweet before today was April 16th. Her most recent tweet was just three hours ago, probably at the height of when I was thinking about Betty White today. Mm. What does it say? It says, what a wonderful early birthday gift from Netflix. Check it out. Oh, there's like some kind of special or documentary on Netflix called Betty White, First Lady of Television. So, yeah, folks, if you're listening to this, something coming out on Netflix called Betty White, First Lady of Television and I can understand why you would call her that. <sighs> Damn. Ten fucking decades. When does when did this Netflix series like when did it debut? In twenty twenty. It's debuted. This is a trailer for it. Okay. Well then there it is. Holy shit, she's done it. Ten, Ten decades. decades. Well, that maybe is... you can't count it if it's a documentary, right? But still, I mean if she appears in the documentary in like interview form. I wouldn't you know, count it. I don't count it. Why not? Because it was recorded in in two thousand nineteen. I'm putting my foot down, Brandon. <laughs> Whatever. 
just steal it from this <laughs> but she from this old accomplished woman. <laughs> she probably will though, like appear live somewhere. It's just, it's still blowing my mind. Yeah. She, I'll bet she's a hell of a fuck too. Okay. Please cut, <laughs> please cut that out. I'm so sick. Oh no. What's wrong with that? Because I'm looking at a picture right now and she looks like, like this fucking awesome sweetest grandma. Yeah, okay. Well. Yeah, she'd probably think it was funny. Betty White, Jesus. Okay, so we did we did the top ten. I'm all about what's going on with Betty White now. Okay, I think you should wrap us up here. Take us through the top ten. Uh, so the top ten. These are the top '80s TV shows. Top ten were Family Ties. Number nine, Who's the Boss? Eight, Dynasty. Sounds boring, shitty. We didn't even want to talk about it. Oh, number seven, Monday Night Football. Number six, The Golden Girls. Number five, Murder. She wrote. Number four, Cheers. Number three, The Cosby Show. Two, Dallas. Number one, 60 Minutes. I can't believe Three's Company's not in there. Roseanne. Like all these Three's shows. Three's Company that... is number 18. Well, Roseanne probably had the higher, higher ratings in the 90s. Yeah, some of these shows like have a much larger legacy than the ones in the top 10 here, like today. It's just kind of surprising. Right, but they probably weren't in their peak in the 80s. You know what else was not in their peak in the 80s? You. The people that wrote us reviews on Apple Podcasts. probably weren't alive in the 80s. I know for a fact, at least one of them was. Can you think of a better way to end this show about the 80s than to talk about podcast reviews? Mm -mm, Seems very fitting. From MWS8675309. Did you just become uh, one of those number stations? I think it's just a computer attempting like binary code and failing. This is a Russian bot. I'm so glad I found this podcast. I've listened to almost every true crime history and news podcast. This one is all of that and more. The topics all are- All in a bag of chips. <sighs> Speaking of the 80s, God. The topics are interesting and the discussion often surprising. <laughs> Damn right. I always Every time. Le- I always learn something new. I will eagerly await each episode. Thank you. That's high praise. Bunch of numbers and letters. That is high praise. All of that and more. That is what we strive for here. Thank you for listening and thank you for your review. Yeah, thank you. The next one comes from loyal listener and a tennis patron, in fact, Feather Fiddler. She said, are you looking for a well thought out, highly researched top 10 list? Well, this isn't it. <laughs> <laughs> but it is funny. I <laughs> Thank you for being honest. No, it's not. Still a pain in the ass, but you're right, it's not. I laugh all the time, even with being annoyed that I'm older than the elderly co-host. Not elderly. That and the yeah, youngster I'm not is elderly, old, neither, always making yeah. fun of. And then she tells me to watch it, kid. Yeah. Well, she's saying she's older than you and she's also calling you elderly. So, no. how old does that make you? I'm a, you're as young as you feel. Well, what? You're 64, 65? Tonight, me and Betty White are racing to take a dirt nap. Uh, Betty White might outlive you. I mean, we're getting there. <laughs> we appreciate those reviews. If you want us to read your review, go to Apple Podcasts or go to podchaser.com. Write us a review. We'll read it on the show and you'll become famous. You'll have paparazzi knocking on your door within hours of us reading your review. Maybe. Probably. Okay. We did it. That's it. That's it. Now... We can come back from the 80s. We can come back from the 80s. Pick up your smartphones again. I have my top 10-ish list already decided for the next episode, the next time we record here. And I can tell you that it is firmly not an 80s episode. Is it in the future? Well, I can't spoil that. 1880s? Well, that would still be the 80s, technically. Isn't it weird that now 
We're getting to the point where people refer to the 20s and it's not going to be the 1920s. That's a mind fuck, man. Oh, we get too much farther and Betty White's going to be able to say like, yeah, I fucking know I was there. Yeah. Thanks for listening, Betty White. Thanks for listening to everybody else. We will see you next week. Bye.